I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. guys welcome back to another episode of the musky hunks podcast nader saw my little uh my little jazz hands to get ready for this i'm one of your three hosts this evening ryan reed we have two other hunks on. i'm gonna just call it hunks because at some point i'm gonna inaugurate nate Butt as an official hunk so we're gonna say <laughs> two hunks on the phone here tonight i guess those two hunks are the one and only Nate Bud, love the show. Love the show. Welcome back, buddy. What's up, Nate Bud. Thanks. Welcome back, brother. What's going on? Same shit, different day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm struggling tonight, boys. I'm just gonna tell you that. Also, right. we have on the phone tonight, Mr. Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. Glad to be here tonight. We have a uh, we have a special guest tonight. It's we're doing back to back guests here. We do. And uh, in uh, we're going to say kind of like in hunk style, we're going to we're going to juxtapose here. We had Matt Gunkel on last week uh, and who's kind of a veteran in the industry with Lunge and Lures. And, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast over the 80 plus episodes about how we like to support local lure makers and, and just how much, you know, we appreciate guys that put work into baits. So. We've invited a guest on here tonight that is kind of the opposite of of our last guest who was established in the industry. This guy is Ethan Greathouse, and uh, he is the owner and maker of Bigfoot Baits. So, Ethan, thank you for joining us here tonight. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to do this. Well, we're looking forward to it, man, because uh, I know, you know, you and I have had a bunch of conversations on Instagram and I I've, I have a couple of your baits now that I've fished up in Canada, yep. and I really like them. Unfortunately, I didn't catch many fish. Period. So it's I can't <laughs> fault I can't fault the bait for not catching fish. That's for sure. Oh, that's but uh, but yeah, we'll kind of get into that. But um, but man, so Ethan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? I'm from Wileyville, West Virginia, very small town. Okay, and how far is that from Pittsburgh? It is about an hour and a half drive. Are you? That's not. That's not too bad. Are you, okay, so I kind of asked you this before, but are, are you in like? Are you anywhere near Bridgeport at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm very familiar with Bridgeport because I've my my company has an office down there, and I've spent a lot of nights down in Bridgeport, West Virginia, <laughs> and in Bridgeport there is a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. In the one plaza, and I have frequented that. I spent many nights there <laughs> drinking beers and eating wings. So I'm stumbling, from the, stumbling out of the Buffalo Wild Wings. I didn't say that. I didn't say <laughs> that. I used, to, I used to love eating there, man, but I don't know. Ever since they changed the, the trays, it's just not the same. I don't know. What did they do with the trays? I haven't they been there in forever. Cardboard. They used to come in cardboard, but they switched it to like a metal tray. Huh. It's too fancy. Yeah, too fancy. I don't know. It doesn't taste good. It's like when Permanis puts the knife in the middle of your sandwich. No way. <laughs> Too fancy. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. None of our listeners are going to get, so few of our listeners are going to get the Permanis reference, but I love sorry. it. Sorry. I'm sorry. 
No, it's it's beautiful. So suburban for Manny's. Miss me with that. Yeah, it, exactly. It's the suburban for Manny's. <laughs> that that cran up that cranberry for Manny's. I ain't trying to stick a knife in it. I ain't doing it. <laughs> all right, so Ethan, so you're like all right, an hour and a half south of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You're a young guy. Like obviously, I don't know how old. I don't know exactly how old you are, but you are you're young compared to especially compared to myself. Like, how long have you been fishing? Uh, since I was a little kid, very little. Okay. Yeah. Not not for muskies, but for like bass and just I don't know, every other fish, bluegill kind of. And what what got you into like what got you into muskie fishing? Because West well, Virginia, I mean, I think West Virginia is often overlooked. It's, I mean, it's well known to us here in Western Pennsylvania because there are so many guys from West Virginia that, that fish for muskies. And, you know, there's a lot of bait makers from West Virginia too. But I think in the muskie world overall, it's kind of overlooked in a lot of ways. So I started making baits during COVID because I had nothing else to do. I sat at the house. Uh, I was still in college, so I was doing online classes. Didn't have much else to do. So I started making bass lures because we were, me and my girlfriend were going to the river pretty much every night. And I was just kind of messing around with that. Then I had buddies and other people started seeing I was making them and they wanted baits to fish with musk for muskie. So I started seeing what they wanted and uh, I just made, started making baits, sent them out to them for practically nothing. And then they started catching muskie on them. And here we are. So, so you hadn't been muskie fishing before that? No, no. Had oh, you, you had you ever had you ever caught a muskie before like before you started making baits? So this is very embarrassing, but no, I have not. Wow. Okay, this is interesting, man. dude. This is yeah, really interesting. No, that's very that's very interesting. Okay, no, this is great because this this opens up a whole world to us right now. Like okay, so I, I gotta we gotta start somewhere with this, but like <laughs> Well, I've, I sent you a you asked you asked for a bucktail from me. So yeah. we traded one of the, you know, one of the things we traded was you, uh, you sent me one of your smaller uh, Twitch baits and I, I sent you a smaller bucktail. So have you fished with that or gone out there yeah. and tried? Yeah, I actually took it out last week and I got a, I didn't get a follow on that, but I got a follow on a, I think it's called a hell dog or something. It's like a glide bait. Hell 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 probably, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So what? Okay. I love them. They're so sweet. I like how it's like the cable instead of like the stiff wire tails. Yeah. That's... Oh, you mean on? Uh, you mean the bucktails? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you like that. I mean, a, a lot. I get. It. You know, people have kind of mixed mixed opinions on that. Some of the old school guys insist on having hard hard wired bucktails, and and I still make those too. But Dude, the flexies I really are like dope. the flexi ones. I know. The flexies man, really are so dope. dope. Yeah, I've never seen them like that before. I'm like. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right, so yeah, go ahead, Brian. No, I just like, I got to know, because like, I've seen your bait lineup. Like, your baits look great, dude. Like, I mean, I, I there was a Twitch bait I was looking at that you just recently posted, that black Twitch bait. Like, guys are asking you for musky baits. Like, you're not fishing for muskies. Like, how, <laughs> how do you do this? Like, where do you, like, give us some insight into the process, right? Like, right. Start start with like the first musky bait that you made, and then like give us some insight into how you're developing these types of baits and like 
you know, for, for obviously people that are, they're fishing for muskies and catching fish. Like that's wild to me. I'm yeah. sure it's very confusing, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I started, I, was, I have a couple of them here. So I started making baits like this for bass. Okay. For, for the people that can't inches. see, those are like five inch standard crankbaits, but they. Yeah. I made those for like probably like a year, year and a half. And then that's when people start asking me for musky baits. And I really had no idea what they were, you know, wanting. So uh, I just had them, like, give me a, just a, a broad idea of what they wanted. I started taking around, and I just came up with these, which is a twitch bait. Right. So what, what he's showing is it's like a, what is it, maybe a six-inch? Uh, it's a five-and-a-half-inch body, but from bill to tail, it's eight inches. Okay. Yeah. And that's the, I got one of those smaller ones. And yeah. then you also make a kind of a gigantic version of that, like a 12 inch version of that. Talking about these colors? Yeah, man. I love that <laughs> bait, man. Oh, and that thing has such a good action. So uh, it, yeah. basically what, what Ethan just showed was, was the big 12 inch version of, <clears throat> I don't know if I would even call it a twitch bait. It's like twitch. It's more of a crank. Um, You can kind of do. Nice. It's it's massive. And man, it you, you want to talk about like moving water, you know, water displacement. I I really liked fishing it like like late in the evening whenever it was getting dark and because that thing man, it's got such a wicked wobble to it and it, it's got some serious movement. It's a really cool bait. So for our listeners that I know are going to want to check these out, please go on Instagram and and look them up. It's at Bigfoot under slash baits. Um, and he's got a bunch of videos, uh, a bunch of uh, posts on there that show the baits, his, his, uh, the repertoire, you know, everything that he's got. And it's absolutely worth checking out, man, because these are really, really cool baits. Hey, so There's a warning ahead. there, though. That that Instagram page is a thirst trap because <laughs> you're whoever's taken the, the pictures of them and like the display. They look good. Like and they look hey, good in person. Me. But that's what got me when I, I like found it the first time. I was like, oh, shit. These so, look good. Like, I want that. <laughs> it, it it happened right after I was fishing with Owen with his uh his rainbow trout one. And then you posted line. it. Yeah. The top, the top line. line. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Sorry. Bleep that. Dang it. <laughs> so the only change I made, the only change I made was I added a bigger grub tail to the uh to the 12 inch version oh really yeah because i really like the bigger uh, uh tom makes tom makes a big grub tail and it's 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 very similar to i don't know what is that the kalen's like yeah the kalen's grubs yeah but i forget what mm -hmm. exactly the size the size is but um and the action of that tail and i'll 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 send you send you some pictures on instagram of what i'm talking about but the way those tails move, and it's not just on your bait. I do it with the top line baits. Um, it's I think it's the same tail that was kind of originally on the on the Raptors before before Fat Az started making their own tails, like maybe a year or so ago. But anyways, it just it really just imparts a, a whole different kind of flutter to the end of it, and it's really badass. I wanna I wanna go back here. Okay, I want to kind of go back circle to the back beginning. Around. I want to circle back around. <laughs> all right, so we're going to circle right now. So 2020, obviously, we all dealt with COVID. 
we all dealt with, you know, being indoors and stuck and not having anything to do there for a while. Like you're, you start making, so naturally you've been fishing for years, like since you were a little kid, bass yeah. fishing and all that stuff. So whenever you made these baits and I'm assuming you were having success on those bass baits, like your, your friends that are out there musky fishing, they, they want you to make musky lures. So did that drive, I guess the first part of this is, I, I just kind of curious how or why you picked Bigfoot baits, maybe from being down there in West Virginia. I don't know. We're big, we're big squatchers um, here. We're big squatchers here. <laughs> big fan of the Bigfoot. And secondly, like, did you just jump straight to, you know, a Twitch bait model? And, and is that what they wanted you to start building? Uh, that was pretty much the first. Yeah, that's the first one I started making. And I gave it to my buddy. And on his 15 casts, he landed a muskie. So nice. after that, I just started making more, sending out to more guys, and uh, it just kept growing to what it is now. Okay, so now whenever you make this bait, right? Like I don't, we don't need to get into the process of that, but like talk to me about the the testing aspect. Were you out there throwing these and looking at the action of those baits, or were you kind of relying on you know the guys that are out there fishing them to tell you like what you need to kind of tweak and you know this and that? It's a little bit of both. Uh, I had about 20 different, there was like five with different weight, five with uh, different bills and uh, like different setup and whatnot. But yeah, I would send to the guys. They'd say what they like or disliked about it. And uh, I just keep working on until I found something they liked and started catching fish with them. So, And you settled on a square bill, I think, for, for all of them, right? Yeah, the, I tried round bills and they just did not make the big aggressive uh, kick or some like action. It was not, it just wasn't good. And I, you know, I think I may be wrong here, but I think that might be what helps impart such the twitching action and makes it more of a twitch bait as opposed to a crankbait. Cause <laughs> sorry, I, I kind of feel like crankbaits have a little bit of a softer, you know, movement where the, this thing has this, a really, significant kick to it they kick yeah for yeah. sure so what's the biggest fish that's been caught on it caught, caught on one of your baits so far i believe it was a 45 45 inch okay and cool. that was a small eight inch bait and that's... so what this is really like maybe the really first year you're putting them out to the public yeah. so to speak yeah so i've been making them for about two and a half three years and i've been selling them for about a year the eight inch baits, the 12 inch baits I've been making for about a year and they're starting to get out to guys now before I start, you know, selling them full time. Yeah. The 12 right. inches is a badass. Hey, thank you. Yeah. I started, well, I had to start making them cause those guys up in Minnesota said, uh, those small eight inch baits are for bass. They, <laughs> use they yeah, do like big baits up there. It's ridiculous. So I mean, that thing's massive. I just like I'm looking at your Instagram page a little closer here. And one of the things like I noticed about your baits, you know, like you've been you've you've been making these lures for like two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Like how <laughs> your paint looks like you've been doing this a lot longer than two and a half <laughs> years. Like if you saw if you saw the baits that I made, like the crank baits that I made, you they are so far 
Sir Galishad. Yeah, the, the Sir Galishad. <laughs> they are so far from anything that you've done in two and a half years. So look, let me ask yeah, you this. Like, you're, you're a young dude. Like, what woodworking skills, like painting skills, like, where, where did this come from? Like, where... <laughs> Yeah, I was, say, I, I was like, you have to have an art background or something, because some of the paint jobs are really wild. Like they look great in your marketing stuff and the packaging. Like I'm like, there's a there's an artistic something here. Mm -hmm. but I, that's what I was curious about, too. Uh, so really, I ha I brought some some uh, first base. I started making to show you guys. So it did not start out, you know, pretty at all. Here's the first one I've ever made. Okay, oh, so that's our, a that's a Galashad, right? Yeah, that's there. a, that's Galashad. a Galashad. <laughs> So for our listeners, it, uh, how would we describe that? Um, it looks it looks like the, like the kid clay, drawings from Leopardi yeah. from the yeah. that's Musky Max. <laughs> wow, it is in a good way. One bit, man. It's just I don't know what to say. Wow, that's light years. Yeah. So yeah, so so where do you go from there? Like, where where are the what are the steps? This was a second. I just you know just. I had nothing else to do, so I just started making more and more and more, uh, watching videos, asking people questions, and uh, I just kept on going at it. I don't know. Were you whittling them by hand from a solid block, or, or you know, are you using screw eyes? There's kind of a million questions I got here. Um, are you, let me okay. That was too much. When you started. How did you like? Were you did you start by okay? I'm just going to take a solid block of wood and I'm going to make a little bass bait out of it, like a balsa wood, like a make. A, I'm going to make a rapala. Yep, that was it. Uh, I used cedar and balsa. I started whittling it out and uh, using like hacksaw. I didn't have a bandsaw at the time, so I was using like hacksaws and stuff to cut it out. Uh, I was also using bills from like a like a tote lid. <laughs> oh, see, so, okay, so you were cutting out like the plastic from a tote lid. Yeah. Yeah, that was oh, on bass baits. So, well, this is this though. This speaks to like the creative mind. Like, I keep going back to COVID for some reason, but like when you're literally in that scenario, like I would have never thought to to pull you know plastic from a, a tote lid. You know what I mean? Like that may or may not be the best type of material, but from uh, a bass standpoint, though, I mean, why wouldn't it work? I mean, uh, it would work fine. That's pretty wild, dude. I I kind of like that. That's the the ingenuity there with with the resources that you have. Those fish aren't you. asking about PVC. <laughs> they don't know what PVC is. <laughs> I mean, they don't know what Lexan is. I was gonna say hey, Lexan. <laughs> I found out what Lexan was. <laughs> yeah, you but did. It, so when you started. Like, okay, when you went from going, all right, uh, screw this using a tote lid, mm -hmm. what did you go to then? Like, did you say, all right, I got some Lexan, I got some plexiglass, whatever, and I'm going to go with that? Amazon and Lure Parts Online was my friend for a few months. Oh, man, Lure Parts Online has taken a lot of my money over over oh, the years. Every time, $150 bill right there, it yep. goes. Yep. They just had 20% off musky components. So I just, just placed a big order. My most my money goes straight to the hooks. Those add up. Oh, yeah. My God. Yeah. Where do you uh no, I don't I won't ask that. Well I'll ask that's proprietary information. Yeah. Oh, I, guess, I don't care. I'll answer whatever. No, no, no. 
Um, so, all right. So you started, you started by ordering stuff on like lore parts online and like, did you, did you start making, uh, when you would, okay. When you went up to the musky bait, did you start with a, a hard body same as you did with a bass bait or did you do it like in pieces or how did you, how did you kind of develop the, your first musky bait, your, the musky size bait? So I just, uh, Pretty much took what everything I learned from making bass lures just straight to musky, like the weight placement, uh, the bills to use, what kind of wood to use. And I just started uh, messing around. And did you stick with cedar when you went to musky no, baits? No, I was using poplar. Poplar. Okay. Uh, my cousin Joey, he uh, he started making uh, little bass lures too, and he, started, he, uh, he told me to use poplar because it's easy to carve. So that's what I've been using ever since. I've used cedar a couple times, but just not that big of a fan of it, really. It's and definitely softer. Also, yeah, it's way too soft, in my opinion. Now, are all your lures still hand carved, or do you like lay them out, or like what? It, how's that going now? No, they're all just made out of block of wood. Cut them out with okay. a bandsaw and hack them up. Whittle them out. I used to I try to use a use a, a router for a little bit. Yeah. No, no? It's, it's not gonna happen. I'll just stick to my my pocket knife. You value fingers too much. <laughs> yeah. I'll just. Oh uh, wow! So you pocket knife? You so you like actually pocket yeah, knife these things? Well, it's an exacto knife. But yeah. 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 That's crazy because I'm looking at it, it. It's super symmetrical. Like there's no there's no like oddness to it you know what i mean like i can't right. imagine that like and it looks like it's a lot of sanding house too so yeah, yeah but um i've watched a bunch of i'm sure as a lure maker you probably have too uh fret hold baits um in big in, inspiration i love that guy yeah man. i mean he dude he his his lure making videos are awesome but what is the thing that he uses to um, um shape the noses the hell is that thing called? I know what you're talking about. I used, I almost got one, but I didn't. Is... You're talking about like a belt? I have no idea. It's not a belt sander. Right? No, it's is kind it of like... Lathe? Like a wood, not a wood lathe. Um, no, it's not a lathe. It's, I, 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 yeah, I can't, I can't think of it, but... I know exactly. Anyways, it's, it's like a curved, it's kind of like a curved blade that he like runs horizontally along the bait to just like shave off like so instead of like um you know whittling small pieces where it's just like individual pieces he's shaving like the whole sh sh like the whole kind of top yeah but I it in a vice too yeah yeah he clamps it in a vice and then he can you know shape it using that angle of you know that because it's a curved blade it's essentially not like a chisel, but it just kind of scrapes, just continually scrapes the the wood away. And it would seem like that would be a lot easier than a pocket knife, but you know, hey, or an exacto knife. But hey, hey, listen, hey, everyone's got their own their own process. Dude, this and is trust me, dude. My processes have changed so many times; it's unbelievable. Like I'm sure you're. The more you do this, you're gonna find faster better ways to do everything and and it's all that's what it's all about man that's what's fun about it really the only reason why i haven't switched over to something else is because that's like the most enjoyable thing for me, is like the wood so that's why i haven't tried to like speed up the process i just you know enjoy it 
That's super cool. Yeah, dude, there's something to that, man, for sure. Especially from a young guy like you. I feel like all you young kids are in such a damn hurry these days. Yeah. You know, and, and to hear that somebody kind of enjoys the slow process of, of doing it by hand, man, that's pretty cool. I feel I think- super old right now. No, no <laughs> shit. Yeah. Me and you both, brother. Hey, I just turned 23 a few weeks ago. Oh, man. Oh, God. I remember you could be my, my 20s. kid. I barely remember my 20s. It seems like it's been so long. So, I got a question back to your paint. Sorry. So where do you get the like inspiration for your patterns and stuff? Because I, I mean, I'm just looking at the one that I have, and there's like there's some really like fine details in there. Like there, there's that gold cross hatch in the top. So I mean, for someone that's really just coming out of nowhere and and doing this stuff, like how do you set your like patterns? I mean, because they're really intricate. I mean, for like a beginner bait maker, that that's kind of wild to me. So I follow so many people, so many other bait builders on Instagram. I take inspiration from all of them. I try really not to copy, but, you know, take inspiration from what they also do. So the biggest ones were fret hold was a gigantic inspiration. Uh, DJ custom baits. I'm not sure if he still makes uh, lures anymore. I can't find them. And uh, I don't know. And modeling baits on YouTube. I used to in college. I would just uh, binge watch his shows all the time. Marling Bates, he's the one, he does like all kinds of crazy stuff, doesn't he? Dude, he's amazing. Yeah. I I love, that's just like one of those things that if I can't sleep at night, I will put on Marling and just sit there and watch that stuff. Because it, I could never even come close to any, like the worst thing that he could ever make would be like so far ahead of me, wood-wise and paint-wise and all that stuff. Like uh, that's, that's super cool. And just it's been very impressive. binge watching Marling and those guys. Yeah. Fret hold the fret holder, as Andy would say. That's pretty much how I started too. Like I was in during COVID, I was just watching a whole bunch of YouTube and playing Xbox. So I just you know started binge watching more of his stuff, and I'm like, I I could probably somehow do that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, everyone starts someplace, man, and and that's I guess the point that you've progressed sort of in in a rapid fashion. And might I say that that's kind of what, you know, YouTube can do that in the sense that like people are giving, giving out great information, you know, guys like Fred hold and Marling Bates, like they are giving out, they're basically teaching you how to build a bait from start to finish, you know, and some of, some of it is I'm sure giving information to potential competitors, you know, and it's, it's kind of cool to have like an open market in the sense that, Hey, uh, we want to teach people and give this information out for free. So shout out to those guys for, for exactly. Doing that. I try to do the same too because the first guy I really went to was DJ, and uh, he was super helpful in like you know telling me how to do certain stuff. If I had questions, he would answer. He wasn't super secretive, and I uh, I really thank him for that. Yeah, that's super cool. Can we can we go back to Bigfoot? Like, do you, do you have a Bigfoot obsession? I kind of everybody in West Virginia <laughs> obsession, you know. See, there's you know, a store in the mountains, and it's nothing but Bigfoot shirts, Bigfoot stickers. All right, all right. So that's where that's where that comes from. What about uh, <laughs> yeah? Uh, what about uh, man? I can't think of I can't think of the uh, the name of this town in West Virginia right now. I might have to come back to this one. I should have made it Mothman base, maybe. Mothman. I'm sorry, Mothman. Okay, thank you. Is that it? <laughs> 
Thank you. What uh what what what's the name of the town? The that Elkins? My Elkins? Elkins was point. one of them. Silver Point? No, Point is right. Point Marion? No. What Dude, this is the name of the me. bridge. I gotta that bridge collapsed. I gotta figure this out. Mothman, I'm gonna Google search this right now. <laughs> well, it's funny because we were talking earlier today. I didn't Point know what was going on. Mount Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant. Is that you said? Okay. Point Pleasant. We were talking earlier today about he posted about bait names. And the first one I was like, oh, Mothman would be the bait. Like that's a bait name. But then I was like, oh, it's already Bigfoot, so we can't. I mean, oh, you guess you could. You, I might rebrand. 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 It's so early, no, you can, yeah. No, Bigfoot Baits is the is the brand. You know, the Mothman could be the the model. Yeah. Don't forget about the Flatwoods monster here now too, because that's a thing. I know. I know Yin's down there in the Flatwoods. I know. I'm not familiar with that. All right. Well, I've watched a number of documentaries on this stuff. So. You guys ever watch Mountain Monsters on TV? What is that? Mountain Monsters on TV. No. Oh man. Uh. Uh-uh. Rednecks, redneck guys just chasing monsters in West Virginia. <laughs> oh, it was like, I'm gonna have to check that out. That sounds like my kind of thing. Oh, it's hilarious. It's it's so funny. I was a big fan of the Monster Quest. Monster Quest. Shout out to Lee Talkin. The Monster <laughs> Quest Lee Talkin <laughs> right. said. The killer muskies. <laughs> the killer muskies. Uh so I was I had a client who was it was a it's just a stupid case, but it was in the middle of nowhere up in like western Pennsylvania, northwestern Pennsylvania, not far from Canadota Lake. And we're standing in front of the judge and the judge was like, well, you know, what brought you up here? Like, because he was obviously a city city kid. What brought you up here? And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I was working on a film for, uh, you know, a film project and I had to live in, in Meadville. And he just starts asking the judge, like, have you ever heard about, and I forget what the, what the, like, it's like the Mothman type of thing. And he like, he was like, yeah, I was up here for two, for two months filming this feature film about whatever this Mothman prophecies, whatever it's that the equivalent in Meadville, Pennsylvania. And the judge. No, it's not. It's the same. It's 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 like that. But it's I can't. Man, I, I wish I could remember what the hell uh, what the hell it was. But apparently, it's actually going to be coming out as a movie in the next year or so, and uh, and it's all about some of that some superstitious thing up in Meadville, PA. So uh, look forward to that, there, uh, America. <laughs> is, it, is it about how the the cow went up in the clock tower that because William McKinley put it there and got kicked out of Allegheny? What? <laughs> I dated a I dated a girl that went to Allegheny. I spent some time in oh. Meadville. I know about it. <laughs> Boy, we're 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 getting into like the Dennis Miller territory is, of, uh, of of references. Yeah, that's a rough one, dude. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> Look it up. He got, I'm not. President I'm not McKinley gonna... got kicked out of Allegheny College. Okay. Oh, you know what I did? I think I have heard that. <laughs> of course you did. Anyways, Wikipedia. <laughs> Anyways, we'll, we we will move on from there. We're, you we get, see what you get for asking about Bigfoot and Squatch, Ryan? Yeah, I know. I was just curious about it because, I mean, I mean, obviously, like every single person that would listen to this is, probably understands the whole Bigfoot thing. But, like, I don't know, dude. I just didn't know if that was like a, a homegrown West Virginia thing or if that's just something you were into. Yeah, a little bit of both. 
So, you know, there are folks that, I mean, I mean, honestly, are there folks that like really, 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 truly believe in it? Or is it kind of a, oh, ha 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 joke. We're in West Virginia. That's the, that's the thing. I'm sure there is. There's flat earthers out there too. So, I mean, nothing's good point. Good point. Good point about flat earthers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get, let's get back to the, (laughs) to the baits here. Uh, Let's get back to the baits and say, all right, so you got two these two models of baits, and neither of them. This is something that is a you know a, a buzzword in the muskie industry. Through wire, are they through wire or are they screw eyes? No, they are magnum screw eyes. Yeah. Okay, and uh, they're also they're glued in and epoxyed in, and they they will not come. And, and here's the thing, we've had. I mean, some of the most famous baits that in Western Pennsylvania, like Leo Lures and and Wileys, those are almost all screw eyes. You know, it's it's so it's not the idea that it's it's a negative is I think that's just silly. You know, you when was the last time you heard of someone losing a big muskie because it ripped a screw eye out? Yeah, it will not maybe happen. maybe maybe the screw eye that was in their grandfather's you know, bait from his tackle box, but one that's from super like saturated with water or something, maybe it's drier. I don't know. But it's got to get, it's got to get pretty devastated to rip that thing out. Because if you think about, take a Wiley, for example, like Dale doesn't use epoxy on those baits. It's a, it's a clear coat. So it's not, you know, it's not epoxy. I know he does epoxy them in place. You know, he uses epoxy on the lips and things, but those that's one of the greatest musky baits of all time. You know, it's does caught he, more fish. Does Dale epoxy the or glue the screw eyes in? Yeah, I'm sure he epoxies. I, I don't know yeah. for sure, but yeah, I'm I sure he, I'm sure he glues those in place. I mean, somebody here listening to this could tell us for sure. But I mean, that's the thing though is like you put enough glue on that thing. I mean, that, like I said, those five and a halfs, the fat bodies. They've caught so many fish over the years and dude, at some point we as musky fishermen just have to admit like a bait that falls apart like that is a bait that's either a really old or B very chewed up. And at that point, if you've caught 20, 30, 40 fish on a bait, it's time to retire the thing and buy a new one. It's exactly like what Matt was saying last, last week on the podcast. It's like, you know, Lungeon Lures gets people sending baits back that have, you know, been dragged up across the, you know, the Canadian shield and caught X amount of fish because the lip broke. Well, I mean, that just freaking happens, you know, yeah. like wear and tear is, is something that happens no matter how quality something is, is made. And especially the way I assume, I mean, most of these screw eyes are angled in, in a way that for it to be pulled out is, is, very difficult to imagine. In all honesty, they really don't even need like glued and epoxy in. If they're not, they'll you know they're going to turn on you. But if they're, they will not come out. I uh, I actually tested this. I hooked up to like 150 pounds and practically deadlifted the lure with the screw eye up, and it, they did not. Come. So there's like no part of me that that thinks they will they will pop out. Yeah, you add the other layer because you're doing epoxy over top, right? I mean that that's yeah, your. Yeah, there are like three coats of epoxy over top of you know the screw on. Yeah, I mean those things are in there. Is this a good time for the question? 
Yeah, go ahead. What kind of a boxing? <laughs> yeah, what kind of a boxing he is? I've seen enough of these. I don't know. <laughs> so I started out using, I think it's amazing, amazing ClearCast. I think it's what it's called. I get a Hobby Lobby. Yeah. And I really liked it. I wasn't using it properly at first, though, I don't believe, because I had a couple of those, like, kind of funky and it set up right, but I think that's just on me, you know, still learning. And then I wanted to try out True Coat, and I've been using that for probably, like, two years into it. I was using it. And I, I like it, but it's, it's kind of, like, I can't really see the, like, I don't want to diss it, but the value you get out of amazing TrueCast and how close it is to me, I can get it on a dime and I don't have to wait for it to be in stock. And, you know, right. I, I ended up switching back to it, but really both, both epoxies were fantastic. Okay. See, I, I've, my last experience was with true coat and I've, I, I, I actually liked my most recent experience with it, but I tried amazing clear cast last year too. And I just couldn't get that shit to work. Like, I don't know what I don't know whether I just was not not curing it correctly and had the wrong humidity, whatever temperatures, but I just couldn't get that stuff to work. But the biggest thing again, is stirring it for a long time. Yeah. yeah start yeah. start and start and start some more. Maybe then maybe maybe that's what I didn't do right. But because that's what I when I started out doing it, I was, you know, starting for like I don't know, two minutes maybe. And I don't think that's long enough. So I now I start like three and a half, let it set for like 30 seconds and start like 30 more seconds. And then ever since I started doing that, I've not had any problems with it. Okay. Now, well. Did you find that somewhere or did you just stumble on that? I'm just curious. Uh, so I went to Hobby Lobby and I just picked it up. So okay, just like the, the, the stirring part I meant like. Oh, the stirring part. Uh, DJ Custom Bates has a video on it on okay. his YouTube. Okay. All right. Yeah, I do, I do not know where DJ Customs. I don't. I don't know either. He's my. He's like my favorite bait maker, man. I have no idea where he went. I hope he's all right. You know, I've tried reaching out in the past, but I've not heard anything back. One of our one of our loyal listeners, Brady Marks. I think he he used to fish um, DJ Customs baits, and I think he may still be in contact with him. But, anyways, yeah, I I agree. I hope he's hope he's all right. Yeah, well, I had the biggest regret I have since like I started going into the musky world. I had one of his crankbaits in my cart, going to buy it, and I ended up not. I passed up, and that is the biggest regret I think I have so far. Has passed up on his bait. Yeah, if they come up on on Facebook and stuff here and there, so yeah, but I haven't seen the one that I had in my cart since. Okay, that that it was the one. one. It was the one. It is the one. I've it been there. The I understand. Listen, you're you're just getting new to musky fishing. It's a <laughs> lifetime of regret and missed <laughs> opportunities. I mean, just you're starting out the right way. <laughs> I already spent a lot of money on this stuff, man. I know how it works. There's like no truer statement than what you just said, Nader. Like you just you set yourself up for like a lifelong addiction and pain. Yeah. And and it's the pain isn't always a bad pain. Sometimes it's a good pain. No, I feel alive. Was, what was that, Ethan? I, so I felt some pain already. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, going out trying to fish my own stuff, seeing other people that they're sending me pictures of big musky they catch, 
and then trying to go do it myself and then coming up shorthanded just I don't know. Well, let's talk about how that have you start? Me. Yeah, like how have you got? How have you started? Um, and have you only started with your own baits? So I've done. I have a little bit of collection built up now, and I've been just tinkering with all of them pretty much. But I fish a small creek near me. It's called Middle Island. Middle Middle Island. Middle Island Creek. Yep. Okay, and obviously there's muskies there. Are they stocked? Yeah, I'm not sure if they are anymore or not. I know there's quite a bit in there, but okay. And so, like, how have you started? Like, what what's your you know what's your game plan right now? So I just take uh, my grandpa's crawdad out and just uh, just start casting, pretty much doing my figure eights, just trying to watch videos on what to do. But I don't know. I just I've had a few. I've had like three or four followers now, but I just haven't been able to. You know, seal the deal. Dude, okay, this is, well, this the, is great. No, I mean, this is yeah. So, so you take you said you take your your granddad's what is it a crawdad? Yeah, Coleman crawdad. Yep. Okay, so what is that? It's like a little plastic John boat. Okay. Okay. It's just big enough and for just go- <clears throat> And you're just going out in the creek. Yep, with a little like thirty pound truss trolling. Okay. This is all right. So, yeah. So, so obviously, I mean, you're fishing a very small area. Uh, you're not, you're not able to. So, to say you haven't had a lot of success yet isn't like you haven't covered a lot of water yet. You know no, what I mean? I'm still, I'm still very, very new in this, too. But, and what the thing is, people take my baits there and then catch musky and then shit, send me pictures. I'm like, you know, I, I love it. I'm glad it, I'm glad it's happening, but I'm like, you know, I want to do the same. So let me ask you this. Like when you go out on that, on that little boat and you're out in the Creek, like what, like Owen asked you what the plan was, like what, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to word this, like with limited experience, right? Like you're basically learning how to musky fish. This, this is like right in the fire, dude. It's like yeah, on trial by like on the fly, trial by fire. You're out there and you're just doing this with your baits. Like walk me through a day. You know, what how long are you going for? Are you going for an hour? Are you going for five hours? Are you going for ten hours? What do you like? Walk me through a day of your musky fishing. So I normally head out about like five, six o'clock in the evening and then okay. fish till fish till I can't, you know, see any. And I pretty much just tackle it like fishing, you know, at stru- I just throw it structure. Okay. All right. Like, and it, so. What I, kind of structures in the water that you're, that you're fishing? I mean, down um, timber? Yeah. Down timber. There's some big rocks and stuff like that, but mainly down. Okay. And in this Creek, like, I don't, I'm not familiar with this Creek, but is this like a real skinny water? Or is this like a fairly big wide Creek? Does it have so deep water? It's pretty skinny. Oh, uh, there's a few deep spots, but no, it's I'd say normally like like six foot. And so I'd say average is like six foot, I'd say. Okay. All right. Now that's cool. I'm just trying to get a feel for like how you're approaching this because this like you you guys ever we all know this. Like we all you gotta start somewhere, right? Like Ethan, you gotta start somewhere. And the biggest piece of advice, and I'm gonna tell you guys this, Brady Martz was the one that told me this. And he told me this back in 2019 and I remember it and he's going to laugh when I brought this up. 
but you know, I, we were going out, I was, I was fishing, like I was fishing with my buddy, Dan, and we would go out, you know, a couple times, maybe a dozen times a year, maybe a little bit more than that. I don't, I can't remember the numbers, but you're talking maybe a dozen to 15 full days on the water. And that was a struggle for me, dude, like casting and trolling. I had no idea what I was doing. I, it was easily, you know, I was easily frustrated because you're spending all this money and this time and you're just not seeing fish. You're not catching fish. And what Brady had told me was Ryan, if you want to catch muskies, you got to focus on muskies. Like you have to spend the time and focus your efforts on muskies. And like, did that totally resonated with me because, you know, I was, it was like a hit or miss thing. It was like, we were going on these trips. I would go to Chautauqua. I would go to Lake Arthur. I would go to Pima tuning just random times throughout the year, but I was never really focused on muskies, right? Like I wasn't putting in 10, 12, 14 hour days on muskies. It was two, three hours here, or we would get maybe eight hours here. And you're talking once a month, like, it's hard. It's a hard way to, to try to catch muskies. It's a hard way to approach musky fishing. And, and I think the biggest thing, no matter what anybody tells you, it doesn't matter what bait you're throwing. It doesn't matter um, what body of water you're on. If there's muskies there, like you're in the game, but the biggest piece of advice anybody can give you, and this is the total cliche thing is time on the water. The more time you put on that body of water, I, I promise you, you will eventually do something and you're going to move a fish and you're going to, it's going to click. And then the next thing you know, you're going to move a fish off that same spot or another spot that looks like that. And then before you know it, you're going to be putting fish in the bag and you're going to look back and you're going to say, man, like I finally feel like I learned something and I'm, I'm starting to figure this particular bite out where it sucks is when you think you have it figured out, you never really do. Every day is different, but the, the point to me, like getting at this is like, maybe, you know, try taking a day on a Saturday, put the bait stuff away for a day and go out there and hit those, hit that Creek and spend eight hours, 10 hours on that Creek and just focus on every cast and just do it. Because I, I think at some point you're going to get that fish in the bag and you're going to go, ah, and then you can replicate that. And then before yeah. you know it, different times of the year, you're going to have different, different things going and you're going to be able to piece some of it together. Now, you know, when you're fishing structure in the, in those areas there, like, you know, what exactly do you know where other guys are catching fish in that Creek when they, when they're sending you stuff, are they telling you where, where that is? No, no information. Okay. Other than because because Ryan's right. I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta pick, pick a day and, and, you know, two days and say, listen, I'm just going to go and fish for muskies straight because the musky bite window. And I'm sure if you listen to a podcast and things like that, like you'll hear a lot about bite windows that you can be on a body of water that, you know, muskies live at. You could be on a spot that, you know, holds muskies, but there might only be, you know, a 15, 20 minute window during the day that those fish bite. So you might've been on the spot. You might've been in the area. You might've been doing the right thing, but it just wasn't the right time for the muskies. So I think, I think that's where a lot of beginners get frustrated that they expect to see results. If they go out to the, the place where people have caught fish before, 
then they say, I, I went out there for an hour and I cast it and I didn't see anything. Well, you know, an hour in Musky World is like, that's nothing. I have done so, it too. Just, you know, coming from bass fishing, you know, you almost, you know, most of the time you're guaranteed to at least catch something. But musky, you know, you're lucky to get a follow, it seems like, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've we've had those discussions about, you know, follows mean things to certain people and they don't to others. And it has a lot to do with experience. Like, I think you're at the position where I think you'd love to see fish. Whether or not you're catching them, I think you'd love to see fish because it tell it gives you that immediate feedback that you're doing something right. Even though you might not be catching them, hey, whatever you're doing at that spot, at that time, it's making a fish do something. All those follows, man, my heart was beating in my, out of my chest. It oh, was yeah. Incredible. Even though it's I didn't a, catch it, man, it was, it was awesome. It's a blessing and a curse, buddy. Crazy. it really is <laughs> yeah you no. you it it will it will literally drive you you'll get to a point where you will sleep in your car for three days right beside a lake not shower eat freaking funyuns from the gas station and just sweat it out for three days four days on end and it'll drive you to do that stuff like y'all got some crack yeah, exactly. But it you'll be in you'll be in three group chats with all the same people in different social media platforms. Yes, that's and exactly. just talk just talking muskies. Oh, yeah, in different forums. All different yeah, just just one other different person in it, but all the same rest of them. Yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun world. I, I have a question for you too. So when when you're starting off, I mean, have you been primarily fishing by yourself or have you gotten a chance to go out with other musky guys at this point? No, I was going to bring that up, too. I've been strictly by myself. I take my girlfriend, but, you know, she doesn't really fish. She just you know, sets on the boat, gets sun. Yeah. I don't think she's much of a help, huh? No, no. She's there to take pictures if I catch one <laughs> so I can up upload it to the the, yeah, the Instagram. But. Have you thought about maybe talking to a Chase Gibson and, and spending some time out on the boat with him? You know, like yeah. uh, getting a guide? I would love to get a guide, yeah. Because you're not There's all that. Stonewall that I've been. Uh, I've, yeah. I've been I was going to ask you about Stonewall because you're right there, right? Yeah, it's like probably an hour and a half too. Okay, that's not. Yeah, I'm only yeah, about two hours. You got to call up uh, poorly made musky memes. Get out on his boat. He's I just down near. <laughs> Say he's down near you somewhere. Wait, yeah, nobody knows where he is. No, it's not parts unknown. Yeah, but somewhere down there, I think. Well, some of us know where he is now. He <laughs> he made the mistake of exposing himself publicly at Muskie Max. Oh yeah, I think I was address. Oh yeah, he's sending him baits. Yeah. Well, I mean, because we've talked about a little bit. You know, I I told I told Ethan come up in the teacher's pet and go pedal around somewhere and not catch fish up here. But I mean, yeah, it's, that's how you learn, man. That's that, that, that's exactly how you learn. You hop on I someone's boat. I absolutely love that, guys. You see, right. you see how they do it, and you just try to take that and translate into whatever you can do on your body of water. You know, dude, you're so young, man. You got like, you got your whole musky fishing world ahead of you. You know, like you, you, you know, you can only learn right now. One of the things that people just do in a boat, like I always think about the stuff growing up and like talking to my dad, and we'd be like. 
the questions would be like, how many muskies are in this like little chunk of water? Like, I don't know. Like he doesn't know, but we've just asked these questions when we're out on the water and it's, you know, that musky bubble is so small when you're doing it by yourself or with somebody you fish for a while. But then the first time you get in a boat with somebody else or the first time you see somebody else do it, like, you know, that I just feel like that is such a rapid expansion too of learning and just be like, oh, wow, that's how you work that bait. I ne- I was doing it all wrong. Or, you know, leader stuff, just all the gear stuff. I mean, it's such, there's always something to be learned, I feel like, and you're, you'll see it something will click and you're like, I, I haven't been doing that or maybe I should try that. And then, yeah, like Ryan said, replicate it. And it it's, it's wild when that, that piece falls into place. I feel like. I'm sure it would be very helpful going out with somebody else, but uh, I work shift work and ma- most of my buddies that also musky fish work shift work. So it never really, you know, or don't have the same days off or whatever. So it's just hard. What, to- what are you doing for a living? I'm a laboratory technician at a chemical plant. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just run tests on chemicals. That's pretty dope. I like that. Little lab rat. (laughs) Watch out. Owen's going to have you running tests on epoxies. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a local chapter of Muskie's Inc. down there? I really don't know. I'm not sure. Because that's something that's kind of like the first place that we always tell people to start is, you know, if you have a local Muskie Zinc chapter, go to a meeting. The guys that typically the guys that go to the meetings are the ones that want to be helpful and the guys that want to talk and the guys that, you know, aren't afraid to to give you some some tips. And quite honestly, those are the guys that will often say, hey, what are you doing on Saturday? You know, or do you have Tuesdays off or, you know, you, you work shift work. Like, so do I dude, like shit, like we can fish, you know, we have the same off days, you know, it's like, it's, it's weird how that those things happen. And, um, so I 100% recommend at least looking into your local Muskie's Inc. chapter. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners from down there would, would be happy to, to help you out too. Yep. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. uh, that's huge. Go ahead, Nader. Yeah, n- now I don't know if I'm spilling beans or not, but you got big, big musky plans coming up, don't you? For the uh, in the March timeline in the in the spring. Oh, is that is that spilling beans? Are we allowed to talk about what you're kicking around? Filling out forms, putting things together, peddling goods. Uh, the plan is to be at Mosky Max. Is that what you're kind of leaning? Yeah, to? that's what I was implying. I, I didn't want to let no, the cat out of the bag. All right. Yeah. So you're, you're planning on making a Musky Max appearance, right? Try to, uh, I was going to bring up what really like opened mine to the Musky world is I went to Musky Max right before, uh, like COVID shut everything down and going in there and talking to the other bait makers and stuff. That was just, it was awesome. It was like, yeah. Like, kid in a toy store that was awesome are you yeah. gonna plan on doing a booth by yourself or because i remember you put that out there right you were possibly gonna link up or maybe look into or what's your what are your thoughts behind that uh, my plan is to split a booth with somebody but if i can't i'm most likely just gonna get a booth by myself yeah i'm looking okay. to bring about uh 80 of the eight inch baits and probably like 40 to 50 of the 12s 
that's, that's a that's, that's a pretty i mean that's a pretty significant game yeah. plan honestly i mean that's not a small amount of baits dude like you'll see that it, it, it's not everybody that's got 500 baits you know like uh jake latkovic I, I think he brought probably less than 100 last year and you know he did awesome and i think that also kind of keeps your expectations a little bit more realistic in the sense that you know i've talked about it in way in the past that you know it, you got to keep your expectations realistic with your first shows because the bottom line is that people don't know your baits yet. You know, people, you know, there's not a lot of feedback out there on them yet. And people walk into those shows with X amount of dollars in their pocket that their wife allowed them to, to go and blow on, on musky lures. And they know they want a, a Baker and they know they want a Wiley and they know they want, you know, Leo's and, and they might walk by the Bigfoot bait, and be like man those things look awesome and i want to buy one but i'm tapped out you know and you kind of got to like set it up so that hey next year maybe they'll be like all right i've been following bigfoot baits for the year like he's still making them they look awesome maybe i'm gonna put i'm gonna put 60 bucks aside to 50 bucks aside to to buy a, a bigfoot bait yeah my expectations are just to go up there and have a good time you know just meet other people, talk to other bait makers. Uh, you know, that's that's really expectations aren't high, but I do want to bring enough baits to where it looks like I'm like I know what I'm doing a little bit. Now, now have you started? Have you started like amassing your product for the for the max yet? Yeah, so I just uh, counted up yesterday. I have about 50, 50 plus baits of the eight. Oh, wow. Man, how long does it take you to How long does it take you to make a batch, like start to finish? So. I made 48 at once one time from, you know, start block of wood clear to it's done with hooks on it, ready to go. Out the and an average, it was like three, it was about four hours of bait is what it took to make. Holy shit. Yeah, you're, that's pretty good. You're, I mean, you're pumping these things out. Yeah. It, I mean, bigger batches, it takes, you know, way less time. So I just try to make like at least above 20 at a time. I try to get or try to get ready. And are wow. you, so if you're working shift work, like how are you, where are you fitting this in? Is Are you just like doing this in the evenings or in the mornings or like how are you making this work? So I it pretty much, I work 14 days in a month and have like around 14 days off. So on the days off, I spend, you know, bait making and you know, other stuff. But yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, and is it like, 14 i mean do you know what are you getting like chunks like a week at a time or are you working like yeah. day on day off because that would suck if it, if you got like 14 you know every day you're working every day you have off that would not be a good schedule so it goes four nights three days off three days one day off three nights three days off four days and then a week off and uh-huh. then it's over again that's okay. wild, dude. I never even knew that was a thing. Me neither. I just feel like I work 60 hours a week. I know. Every and... every damn day I got to freaking go. Yeah, it works Christ. out 36 hours one week, 48 minutes. And then 36. You know, Dan is on a similar thing there, but it's like, it's like um, I don't know how that works. It's like 46 hours one week. And is that what you said? What did you say? 
48. 48, 48. one That might be what he's on. He gets every other Friday off, though. I think it's called 21 turn. It's like a pretty popular term for it. So. Yeah, 21 turn, shift work. I don't know. See, you got plenty of time to get out there in that creek and spend a whole day out. You got 14 days out of the month. Yeah. And you got 50 baits made already for Muskie Max. Man. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You, you need to spend a little bit of time out there throwing some baits in the fall. Well, you have to catch that creek on a good day because it just gets muddied up so fast and it stays muddy for, for forever. It takes like a week of no rain to get it cleared up. Well, there's a maybe I'm wrong here, but is there a fair amount of bank yanking available in West Virginia where, like, if you can go to different areas and say, hey, I'm I'm going to just go try these creek mouths or whatever it might be. Um, So the big ones that I know about that are somewhat close to me are to go muskie fishing is Stonewall, Middle Island, and uh, Elk River. And Piedmont is really is pretty close to me too. Oh, dude. Piedmont's one of my favorite lakes, buddy. Like, Hey, so if you, I was going to bring this up too. If you guys ever go to Piedmont and you need somebody extra on the boat, you know, hit me up. What's the horsepower restriction on Piedmont? I think it's ten or nine. Oh, really? Ten. I think it's a nine, nine. Yeah, I can't. I can't go there with my boat. <laughs> you can. Say. You just can't legally. Well, it's true. Just gotta disguise it. Just gotta disguise. We'll slap, we'll slap a nine nine sticker on the back. I'll never know. Last that doesn't I, happen. Can't I got, do that. I got too freaked out with that the last time. Somebody told me to do that, and then they handed me stickers that were 9.9 stickers that were bigger than my actual motor, and I was like, I'm not doing this. 9.9 in Comic Sans. I'll just hey, use my that's what, I, that's what a that's game board doesn't right have font. to use. Yeah, the game board doesn't have to use the binoculars for it. You can just see it and be like, it literally, I, put, I went to put it on, and it would have like wrapped around both sides of the motor, and I was like, I looked at my brother. I was like, this would never work. We're like not Mc, doing Mc, this. McLovin. Yeah. yeah, it looks like you put a Wayne Gretzky jersey over the uh, outboard. I just would like, rather just nine, take the stickers nine. off and just let people guess. Guess. Yeah. You figure it out, son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't know. Huh? It's I, don't, I like that. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like I've ever been to a lake where guys are like, you know, you can't fish here with that motor, right? I, you know... The difference between a twenty and a ten and a nine nine, no one is ever gonna look at it and be like, Oh, you know. But I told you about the guy at Canadota when I when I tried to dunk the new tracker with the sixty on it, and he's like, You know you can't use that. You know you can't use it. You know it's a horsepower restricted lake. I'm like, dude, I That's know the man. same guy that got me and I have a freaking twenty. <laughs> oh no, that you mean the bass guy that got you. I don't know. It was some old, there was two guys in a car in the parking lot, and they're like, "You know, you can't use that, right?" I said, "Well, I got a trolling motor. Can I use that?" Yeah, I can use that, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely, you can. <laughs> and then, and then we launched, and I couldn't put the trolling motor down because it was stuck. Your, like, I, <laughs> I was like, I'm sitting there trying to throw it down, and it won't go. And I'm like, "Dang it!" I just like fired up the motor, and we went trolling. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole sidebar thing. So Ethan, what what are your plans then, man? What like what are you what do you what are your what's your expectations here for Bigfoot baits? Like wh- where are you going with this thing? Give us your five year plan. Give us a five. See, I've, I've I've listened to the podcast enough to try to think of my five year plan. But <laughs> I really, I'm just gonna keep making uh, musky lures, and if people keep wanting to buy them and use them and catching fish with them, I'm gonna continue to make. Them, so. I mean that's 
that's really just it. I don't want to go to Muskie Max. That's you know one of my goals. That's but as as long as people still like the baits, you know, I'll continue to make them. I'm also making new stuff, you know, as of right now, I'm starting to, you know, tinker around with different type of baits. Like what do you okay? So West Virginia is well known for being kind of like the glide bait capital of the world you know in the sense that there's a lot of really good glide make glide bait makers down there is that part of what your plan absolutely i've had so many people ask me if i want to make glide baits you ever mess around with glide baits oh yeah i mean it seems like west virginia man that like there's so much of that down there it is coming up uh you guys want to see what it what it looks like yeah give us a give us a sneak peek i think i post i post on instagram it's called a bass but it's this fella. Okay, so for our listeners, it's got a, it's got like a, it almost looks more like a, almost a dive and rise type of a tail in that, like that, that the metal tail that's like this, that's on the back of a suet or what else? I think a bar fighter too. I think they're on bar, bar fighters. Yeah. So, but is that a glide bait? Uh, it essentially works like one, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is back and forth action just like this. And any dive and rise to it or just back just back and forth? And, and and should I say, is it neutrally buoyant or does it sink? Does it float? It sinks. It's a, a slow sink. Okay. Man, yeah, the first time cool. I took it out to you know test it, I caught that you know big bass on it. I was a 20-inch bass on just like freaking out. My heart rate is pumping. I couldn't hardly like you know stand up. I was shaking so bad. Oh, just wait until you get your first muskie, man. Oh, man. Oh, just, just wait, dude. Do yourself a favor and just take an extra towel. That's it. Just in case, just throw it in the boat. <laughs> just have it there in case you need it. Did you did you club that bass so it didn't eat to lure, so let the muskies have a chance? Yeah, it's sitting in the freezer now. Okay. Let's say, like those... <laughs> You know, all those walleye guys clubbing the muskie, it goes the other way, too. Hey, it does. <laughs> you know what? That's a good freaking point. Why don't we talk about that more? Why don't clubbing we start clubbing all the walleyes? All them walleyes are eating the muskie baits. Got to club them all. I don't, I don't understand that philosophy at all. Like the big bass fishermen and like fish tournaments and stuff, you know. I hear people like throwing muskie up on a bank and stories like that. I'm just, I don't understand it. I think both fish are, you know, fantastic to catch. And if you're messing around bass fishing and actually catch a muskie, you know, what's, what's, yeah. I think what's the, bass, the harm in that? I think the I, bass guys get upset because they get broken off. Because oh. I hear, I hear that a lot. It's like, oh, we got broken off. And, you know, it just, I think that's part of it, but I don't know. But you get snagged all the time. Right. When you say they get broken off, you mean like they get broken off in the sense that they get snagged and it breaks off and they blame it on a muskie or they actually no, see a muskie they, they come up a and, muskie, and eat. They hook a muskie, they fight a muskie, and the muskie breaks the line off. Huh. And then you got to go buy a new jitterbug. Then you got to go buy a new, a new pack of Senkos. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this is way off the rails right now. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to keep it on tonight, but. Well, I don't know that there's something to be, uh, to be said for that. Like, 
you have musky fishermen. Uh, I don't even, I don't even know where we're scratch that. We can Just scratch we'll, the whole thing. Yeah, we can, we can scratch that. Um, so let, let me, let me go back to this. So Ethan, like you're, so do you have any other plan? Cause we, we kind of talked about like some of the stuff that beginner musky fishermen do, right? Like we talked about maybe you looking into a guide service. Like you want to obviously take your, your show on the road there, like Joel Morrow with a karaoke machine and come up to musky max and, 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 you know, give people opportunities to check these baits out. But, you know, like at some point with the musky fishing aspect, you're going to have to get out, you know, outside that Creek and outside that box and, and, you know, explore some new territory, you know, like what, what are you thinking? Are you going to spend some time on Stonewall? Oh, uh, that is the plan in the fall. Yeah. I'm going to go to Stonewall quite a bit. And I also have a trip that I'm trying to plan with, a. He's a football player for the Colts, and he inv- he's got some baits off me in the, in the past, and he's want to like try to you know, go to Wisconsin and musky fish. Are you allowed no to kidding. drop? Are you allowed to drop this person's name, or is this a secret? I don't know if he'd hate it. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll just avoid that. Well, we'll yeah, we'll we'll keep that off uh, offline for right now. But I, no, I that's pretty cool, man. I know there have been. An, I mean, there there have been a number. There's a number of famous athletes that have gotten the musky bug christian Leitner being one of them uh christian if you're ever listening to the podcast we'd love to have you on love to have you on the show (laughs) love to have you on the show buddy join us uh (laughs) christian Leitner, but there's a what i think is it frank hynoski is is one of them um there's a, a dude that was a green bay linebacker that was was really into it so don't forget about Todd Haley going out there with with Muddy Creek fishing guides on Chautauqua Lake. I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I've ever seen that or heard that story. Nate, Maybe Nate, was... you know why I brought this up. Nate. I know exactly why you brought that up. We're gonna do <laughs> a little not... shout shout out to Jake Lakovic. <laughs> I say it's not about Matt Canada's offense, but that's not why we're bringing up Todd Haley. <laughs> Jake Lakovic. <laughs> Jake Lakovic had a run in with Mister Haley at Chautauqua. <laughs> it almost. <laughs> almost ended in blood almost ended in blood it's it's the it's a top yinzer story it's, it's a top really two top two or top three yinzer story you, you have to have jake tell well, it, well, I lay it on us that. dude well we can we gotta have jake tell it but you gotta I, have jake, I, oh, you have to have i can jake tell, tell i can tell you that like just talking to todd young and fishing with todd young like he's had i mean he's had some pretty famous people on his boat athletes and alike so you know, I know Todd Haley was fishing with Todd and Van, uh, with uh, Todd and Vance, and I don't know. It's wild stuff, man. It's a small community, but you get somebody like that. <laughs> Look at Owen tweaking. He wants to hear this story. So I do. Dude, it's so I funny. Do. I need to hear this story, man. For anybody listening to this, reach out to Jake Lakovic, and then you can hear his Todd. His his, his Todd. But story. don't. <laughs> Don't don't let him type it to you. Tell him to leave you an audio message. Yes, it'll be that much better. It's Tell, make be him, an audio message. Make him say it to you. <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy. Speaking about athletes at musky fish, there's a guy on the Penguins minor league team that's a musky angler. Who's that? I uh, I'm I don't I don't have his name right here, but a guy who makes large spinner baits in Canada is buddies with him and told me that he's now a hockey player in Pittsburgh. I was like, Oh, okay. And yeah, he's in the pens. Um, 
He's for the Wilkes Bear. Was this for the baby pens? Wilkes Berry Scranton. Was this, guy's, was this guy's name Phil Fish Bottoms? <laughs> Willie Fisterbottom. What, is that what it was? <laughs> no, I Willie Fisterbottom. <laughs> I thought he yeah, said. It was, I thought it was, it was Willie, Willie Fish. It was Willie no, Fishbottom. No, it was Willie Fisterbottom. I read it wrong. Thank goodness <laughs> I did. What were we talking about? We were talking about Todd Haley and oh, athletes yeah. that athletes that musky fish. The Colt, the Colts player. Yes, that yes. shall not be named. I don't want. I don't right. want to name. You know, I don't know if he. But he seems like a very cool dude. You know. I don't know. It was like having somebody like that reach out to just a dude from West Virginia, just making musculars out of his mom and dad's basement. It just, I don't know. It's very neat. So I think doing a fishing trip with with him would be, you know, it'd be awesome. I don't know. Let me tell you, let me give you just one little uh, word of warning. And Tom, Tom's not here to tell this story, but do you remember years ago when Tom was contacted by the pitcher from the Pirates? Oh my God, um, dude. I do not know um, this. Uh, oh, wasn't dude, Solomon oh, Torres? Go, Who was it? Yeah, no, no, it was the, um, what the hell was his name? Vasquez. Well, he's in prison. Yeah, Vasquez. He's in prison right now, <laughs> or he's uh, for 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 child for. Yeah, like I was just joking. I didn't, okay. No, 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 absolutely. So apparently, he was a bass fisherman or whatever, and he was following Tom's page, and like he wanted to like hang out with Tom and wanted to go fishing with Tom, <laughs> and then one day when he got after he got arrested, I, I wish Tom was here to tell the story. Like. <laughs> it, it, it was like uh, someone sent Tom the 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 article. Like, isn't this your buddy? Like, who you were gonna go fishing with? <laughs> Felipe Vasquez. That's who it was. Isn't Felipe. Was? Va- yeah, yeah, I think it was Felipe oh, Vasquez. Man. Yeah, he was convicted out in Westmoreland County, and uh, he I think he got a two to four year prison sentence or something for Tom. For Tom doesn't Tom. even get get outside Westmoreland County get his fishing buddies. <laughs> Tom dodged well, the bullet. It. He did. It was like around that time. Like, oh, do you want to get you want to go fishing or you want to get a rain charges? Hmm? Yeah. Well, this this might be real great though. I mean, you're gonna get exposure for sure. I mean, that I feel like that stuff too with like a new bait maker. Like, it doesn't take much to kind of make a, a splash there. I mean, so oh no, that, a guy like pretty... yeah, if a guy like that caught a caught some fish on your baits, that'd be good for the brand. Oh yeah. 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 It doesn't really matter to me that you know that much, but I just think it'd be a very cool experience to you know. He seems like a very you know nice, cool guy to, to go hang out and fish, fish a weekend or whatever. Try to catch the muskies. Very cool. So, and you said up in Wisconsin or someplace local? Uh, I'd probably be Wisconsin. He said he fishes Wisconsin. He has a spot in Indianapolis. Either one. Okay. Of over by the over by the Baddock Boys. That's a that's Baddock Boy territory. That's the Baddock Boy territory. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. And then there's another guy. Uh, I've sent a muskie. I was. Uh, he's helped me make the twelve inch bait. He's a muskie guy from Wisconsin, and uh, he's invited me to come up and fish with him too. So I would also well, like to do that. So let me give you a bit of advice, and that is take advantage of. I don't want to say take advantage. That's not the right terminology. Um, 
take the opportunity to fish with anybody that offers. Okay. Like there's not a lot of people that, that in the musky world, you've heard it a million times on our podcasts and other podcasts, like people in the musky world can be dicks, man. Like, you know, very few people are willing to share information and, you know, you find people that you like to fish with and, you know, you don't expect them to give, give away their best spots, but you, you go out and you learn from them. Like you, you go out and, and you know, it might not be that person, but anybody that contacts you, you know, I would say, dude, you hop on anyone's boat. You possibly can. You fish with anyone, anyone possible. And, you know, then that's how you kind of decide, all right, these are the type of people I like to fish with. These are the type of people I don't like to fish with. These are, you know, you, this is how I like to fish and this is how I don't like to fish. And, you know, catching muskies is one thing, but figuring out how you enjoy doing it, like the whole process is almost more important because you spend a lot more time on the process than you do actually catching the fish. I agree with that. You know, I will, to, to Owen's point there too, and this really goes for anybody getting into the sport, like when you have those opportunities, like you got to take them. And I'll tell you guys this, like Mark King, um, you know, Mark was was one of those guys that kind of took me, gave me an opportunity to go fish with him when I was getting into this. You know, Mark King showed me how to work a glide bait and took the time to spend time on the water and show me areas and things like that. And, and you know, I've done countless guide trips with different people and all of that stuff translates into you putting it together as a fisherman. So yeah, like absolutely. If you can, if you can take the time off work and you got somebody that you can trust, they go spend a couple of days with, you know, that's another big thing. And, and you'll find that out. You know, there's, there's guys that you'll, you'll gel with really well. And then there's guys that you won't, you know, and you just kind of got to wait through that. But I think, uh, I think this is really cool, man. You're, you're really like at the beginning of all of this, like you're a beginning, right. you're at the beginning of bait making, you're at the beginning of musky fishing. Like this is an exciting time for somebody that really like gets kind of enamored with these fish. And like, dude, I can tell you this, like not a lot of people start making baits before they caught a musky. Like that's very, I'm going to say unusual. It's very right. unusual. It it usually oh, no. works the other way around. It's usually right. they catch the muskie and they're like, oh, wow, how do I catch these? And I can make one on my own and right. they go from there. But yeah, it's definitely an odd kind of transition there. Like sometimes being outside of the, what we would consider the box, right? Like sometimes that's a good thing. Like you're, you're, it's something I could never do. Like I could never make a bait that they caught a muskie. Now, if I spent time on Galashad, maybe, but I just could never do it. I never had the patience and, and really the, the effort there. So kudos to you, Ethan, man, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty dope stuff for you to start making freaking Twitch baits and, and not just Twitch baits, but you're making an eight inch and a 12 inch model. Like that's a big freaking deal, dude. Like, and it's not just the models, it's the paint, it's the finish. It's, the ingenuity, like you're, you're a young dude trying to put this stuff together. And that's, that's really, really cool. I really, it's been, I very, exciting. It's been very exciting. You know, I didn't say, expect... I, I... Okay. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, I didn't expect, you know, when I first started doing this for people to like them and then start catching, you know, actual muskies on them. It's, it's just, it's awesome. I love seeing the pictures 
got you know guys saying how much they like you know the action and stuff. It's just uh, it's very it's, it's very neat. Very it's a great. lot of fun, man. Just, I can't wait until you catch your first on your own bait, man. Like, dude, that that's a whole nother whole nother level of you know feeling of accomplishment, you know, and and I'm sure it's cool getting pictures from other people, but man, I can't wait to see your face whenever you catch one on your own. Yeah, just make sure you get that that picture of your face for Owen. You can send it to him on Instagram. Dude, that gotta, get that, get that good, <laughs> you got to get a, a good uh, grip and grin. Yeah, the old grip and grin. Let me yeah. let me ask you guys this because we don't. I don't want to get too far away from Bigfoot, but are you guys like Nate or Owen? Do you guys have any plans to do any fishing here? Um, we just we just fished together. <laughs> yeah, we we fished last weekend for a little bit, um, and did not. Actually, we really we took we the tracker out. To, yeah, no, we took the tracker out the Conneaut last weekend. I, I was just like, I, I just kind of during the day on Saturday, I was like, Nate, what are you doing? Like, well, you should come up here and we should go out for a few hours. And sure enough, his wonderful wife gave him permission to to shoot up, and we we met at Conneaut fished for a couple of hours nate had at least one musky contact in a couple yeah. of pike a couple of pike but uh i don't know man it was awesome to just be able to go and do that you know like to have a boat and be able to just go and go and fish like that man it was yeah. it was really cool that's that's why it's part of the reason why i wanted to ask because that was aside from canada was that now i know you and nick went to went to another lake to test some things out but was that like the first time you trailered up here in pa and was like let's go fish yep that was the first time and it worked like it you know worked perfectly um i don't know man like it it really just has been really good at knock on wood because things things just keep working out with the boat obviously you haven't caught any muskies you know that's a whole nother that's a whole nother endeavor in and of itself but uh, uh, the boat itself has been a, 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 a rousing success. That's an and easy the, and, and the boat. old boat and the old boat is, is going to be for sale here as of probably next week. I really have just one more kind of modification. Ethan had at one point expressed a little bit of interest about possibly buying the Jimmers, but oh my God, I think Jimmers. Yeah. I think he's, uh, he's, he's, he's decided actually the gym from what, from what I'm hearing in terms of where he's fishing, the Jimmers might be like freaking perfect for for that, that type creek, of water, yeah. especially and if and if Piedmont is that close and it's only a nine nine lake, like that's I don't know. I mean that that was the whole reason I bought it was because I I was restricted to the nine nine lake, so I don't know. Um, I just I just uh, put a new dual bank charger on the Jimmers. Just uh, installed new batteries. It's it's gonna be ready to go. Whoever ends up buying it is gonna have a very functional, functional little watercraft with a brand new Amish made cover. It's an all time yeah. classic watercraft. The Jimmers, <laughs> the legendary. J the James for those who don't know him personally. <laughs> the James. I, I uh. 
I might, honestly, I might be a little sad to see the Jimmers go. You know, like, I'm, it wasn't my boat, but I like the Cannon Dota Hunks weekend Jimmers thing is. I know, man. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed, but hey, you know, all good things must come to an end. And all of us as musky fishermen realize that you're probably only eh, six months to a year away from trying to upgrade something. <laughs> and that is whether it's your boat, your rods, you, you name it. So, you know, even with the tracker, that's probably only a stepping stone. I'm probably going to end up getting something different here in five years, but who knows for right now, it's perfect. It's just put install a modscape on it. Huh? No, you know what? Dude, I don't, I don't spend enough time. Like I barely, I barely look at my side imaging and stuff. I swear. Like I, I, I haven't even figured that shit out. If I had a live scope, I mean, my brain might explode. I spent about 10 hours looking at my graph on last Friday. Side it imaging? It didn't. I had, I have side imaging. Thanks to Nate, but now he talked me into using it back. Yeah, in. We're trying, we're trying to find those bridges. What, what was, uh, what was it? When was that? That was back in April. I think may, when was it? What, when, when you and I went out? Yeah, we went out, we lost that fish and oh, Nate, yeah. Nate's like, what I had, uh, on my graph, I had the 2d, and the mapping and nate's like you got to turn side imaging on so he turned it on and, and like did the 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 tri split screen and i just like left it that way and now i can't stop looking at it well i need nate to nate sends me pictures of his side side imaging and whatever he's done he's got it dialed in because he can actually see things i need him to come on my boat and uh you know fix my just set my Per my my settings to, I don't know. I hate electronics. Forgot uh, so slime slime quest. Them. Listen, slime quest TV. Jeremy Burris, does that sound right? I don't know. Jeremy from slime slime quest TV. He Monster does like quest? no. He does like two two or three videos on how to like hone in your your helix unit, like specifically for musky fishing. People might give me crap for this. I don't know, but I watch his stuff and it. I, I kind of made all the tweaks that he, that he made in that in that video and dude honestly like I might not have the best angle on my transducer right now because I, I'm picking up arcs like and keeping in mind like at the beginning of the year I forgot to I left my transducer flat straight out from the boat on purpose because I was I just kind of forgot to like make the adjustment to angle it down a little bit so I after I kind of adjusted it and angled it down, like I'm picking up arcs and everything looks good. Nate, you've seen my side scan. It looks pretty good. It looks good. It's yeah. it's picking some things up and I feel pretty comfortable with what I'm seeing. And like, and again, like Ethan, you're, you know, these are all things like that are part of the progression of musky fishing, like, you know, buying a boat and like the, all the stuff that I'm going through this year, trying to figure out how all this crap works. Like, that's part of the progression and it, maybe not just muskies, but fishing in general and like looking at some of those videos and, and things like that, like now that I'm picking up bait and I can see like actual muskies on side scan, dude, it's wild. Like I, I understand it better. And I think like when you take the time to look at those videos and just kind of tweak it on the water, like it, it's really, Oh, and like you'll get it figured out and you'll start understanding what you're seeing a lot better. 
And and I I can't take complete credit for getting that thing honed in. I bought my unit from Latkovic and his settings were pretty spot on. And I just tweaked them to kind of match my boat and got it. Like, I don't know. I, it's, it was random. I didn't, there's no method behind it. Little contrast settings and whatever head Jake had set to it. Yeah, he's a guru. Talk to him. Hit him up online. Glow up his inbox. Ask for that story and his electronics tips. He's <laughs> Yeah, everybody. Not just so everybody. everybody yeah. that's listening to this message, Jake Lakovic. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> just ask him what ask him what he's doing down there at the old people's home. <laughs> Ethan, the other thing you have to look forward to is um, once you do your couple musky maxes and sell all the lures and buy your ranger boat, then you can sleep in in your garage and hide from your future family like I do. I mean, not a ranger boat, but <laughs> it's a- looking forward to it. Oh, I want to. Best- I want to know how many people pull the the Nate Bud move. Like when your in-laws are over and you just, you just like disappear for four hours and your wife's sending you text messages like, where are you at? And then I get this random text that he's just sitting in the boat, like, just like fiddling, not even like you're just sitting there fiddling. Yeah. Well, listen, when my garage or steps, you have to go down to it. So you can look down the steps and just see the bottom of the boat and the boat trailer, not what's in the boat. So they just assume I'm not in the garage, but I'm up in there hiding. And it's, it's really works out. <laughs> You're literally hiding. Yeah. And then you can order a Domino's pizza right to your driveway and they'll just bring it to you right in the boat. <laughs> so speaking get... of in-laws, so speaking of in-laws, my wife is raving, raving about the Iowa ground beef. I mean, Wait, she was what? like, oh yeah. So Nate went to Iowa with the in-laws and he brings back a haul of meats for me. And it's true. And like, it gives me like maybe, I don't know, eight or 12 pounds of, you know, ground beef in, in these, like, you know, these cylinders, the ground beef cylinders that are frozen. And they are, dude, if you have never had fresh, have you ever bought a half a cow or a quarter cow? I thought about it. Dude, it's 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 it's, it's a life changing. It's, it's a game. It's a game changer, dude. The ground beef is so much better. <laughs> it is so much better. I'm telling if you, you, if you get ground beef and the cow one had a name, somebody named it something, and they're like, "Hey, Betsy," right? And two, you're hey, you're getting buddy. it out of a out of a out of, of a tube that says "not for resale." You know it's bomb, right out the gate. I'm telling you, man, it's, it is like, it's <laughs> ground beef. Like you wouldn't freaking believe. So anyways, I, my, I wanted to bring up that we are thoroughly enjoying that. And it has brought up the, the, how do we get more of that ground beef, Nate? How do we, <laughs> well, do we need to travel to Iowa? Like, I don't what, advise what, that. What do I need to do <laughs> to acquire more of said, <sighs> said delicious I, beef? I feel like Nate Bud's selling just tubes of, freaking beef out of the back end of his freaking car right now <laughs> i'd buy it man i recommend uh, you buy it like it's bootlegging i mean this is a west virginia thing right bootlegging is bootlegging when you bring booze back but what's it when you sneak meat across state lines that's that's uh it's hiding bootlegging. The <laughs> what was that hiding the meat i don't know <laughs> I had the meat. <laughs> meat smuggling. Meat smuggling. <laughs> I'm going to get us back on track here for a minute. Ethan, just really quick. 
Okay, you're throwing your baits. Have you looked at buying any other musky baits out there? Wait, we were done with meat smuggling? I was done with it, yes. I'm moving <laughs> on. Yeah. Ethan, that's your future boat name, by the way. Meat smuggler. Meat smuggler. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Ryan. What was your question? <laughs> I don't even know. I just wanted to know. I, I want to know, like, I want to know more about this getting into musky fishing thing, because we all have, we've all had different paths into this into this thing. Like, are you focused on I'm going to catch a musky on my bait? Like, this is. This is what it is. I'm going to go bang this creek and I'm going to catch a fish on my bait. Is that yep. where your focus is? You're not yep. looking at any other lures made in the state of West Virginia. You're not looking at any anything else. I fish other people's baits, but I would really like my first musky, musky to come on something that I made. That's amazing. That's very, I think that'd be, you know, the best, best case scenario. That's super cool. So, you said you're fishing other people's baits. What type of other baits are you fishing? Uh, when I went to Muskie Max, I got this. Uh, uh, it's like a bucktail, but it has dead meat custom eyes on it. it. Looks like a largemouth, and the blades are painted like a largemouth. I re- I don't remember who the guy was that, that sold me it, but I have one of those. Okay. And then I bought another a glide bait that was from uh, I think his name is Rob. Is that Rob Rig Rig Boss? Rig Boss. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Rig ball. Hey, that's a dude. Rig. He. Catch, I think it's Tim. Fish. Tim Dwork, right? I think that's Tim that makes rig. Tim makes rig boss. That's a. Uh, is that rig boss? I can't remember now. But I, I don't know. That's a heck of a muscular right there. So. That's was, George McGrady fishes uh, fishes rig bosses like. Yeah, I think that's crazy. Tim. I think that's Tim Dwork. That's cool. I was just kind of curious. And like, what, so one more question. Was that your first Muskie Max? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what, okay. So Prince Cape Arena, like yep. paint the picture for me here, right? Like you're making baits at this point. Like you're now you're starting to fish for muskies. Like what started, was starting to make muskie baits too. Okay. Like so on, the, you, on the brink of it. All right. So what, what was your impression of Muskie Max? I was I was blown away. I mean, it was it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen, and uh, I don't know. Just going in there and seeing all the other vendors with their handmade stuff that had the same interest that I have, yeah, it was just it was awesome. Did you wait in line? No, we went the second day. It wasn't the okay. first day, so it was a little bit less, you know, packed or whatnot. Okay, yeah. So you went on Sunday. I'm just curious because I. Musky Max is very near and dear to my heart. Like I, I, I absolutely love that show. And it's, it's almost like a holiday, you know, for us here and kind of looking at, you know, I'll just talk about my progression. Like I, I started going to shows with my buddy, Dan, and he took me years back. We had a Butler high school show here. It was just like at a, just like a high school gymnasium, you know, and it was, it was kind of a big deal at the time. And, you know, we kind of transitioned to Muskie Max and it was just like walking in there can be fairly intimidating when you're starting musky fishing. And I, I can just remember like through the years, like you get to know more and more people, you start buying more and more baits and then things kind of progress. And I've been very fortunate enough to have a good relationship with the Leah parties and be able to help with some of that stuff. 
Um, hopefully that continues for me because like that show means the world to me. Like that's my favorite event to go to during the year. So I just wanted to kind of ask you like what your impression was of, was that the first Muskie show you had ever been to? Yeah, that was the first Yeah, I absolutely loved it. We went up to the second uh, story there where you could see all, all the vendors and stuff. And it's just, I don't know. What else more could you ask for? You always remember your first. I knew he was going to say that. Do that. I, every I once a, in a while, I, I still look at bait there too. What's that? Okay. I bought a Leo's bait there, too. Oh, what kind of Leo bait did you buy? Yeah, which one? It's like a diving rise, and it looks like uh, like a Joker pattern. It's like purple, green, and uh, uh, like a yellow. Is but it... it's like, it's got like a, it's like split like a V, like where its mouth is. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the jerk. Uh, the yeah, it's the jerk bait. It's jerk bait. Yeah, six, Leo jerk. Six or eight eight inch jerk. It sounded like you had purple tiger. Is what it sounded like. That's pretty cool. That's a those are those are killer jerk baits. You got to work them fast. You got to work them fast. But they they've caught fish. And I think the cool part about some of that too is, like, the more you kind of get involved in this, Ethan, like the more you understand where certain things like came from, like. Todd Leopardi had a really good relationship with Ed Latiano and Ed Latiano is one of the famous like lore makers from Pennsylvania, from Elwood city area. And, you know, Todd had a good relationship with him and, and kind of built that, that jerk baits off of, you know, some of the original Latiano stuff. So that's like, that's the other part of this. Like the musky world is so, there's so much that you can get out of this thing. You know, just you got to be able to put into it and spend the time talking to these guys and understanding that that part of it and the history. And it just makes, yeah, it just makes it super cool to catch fish on that stuff. But do you guys fish uh, crane baits any? I don't. Nick's a big crane bait guy. Nick's a crane bait guy. And uh, in fact, I I think I brought up when, when we had the muskies on tap guys on who shout out the muskies on tap guys. They're currently out on the Chippewa flowage, uh, getting ready for the, the PMTT championship. So whenever this comes out, hopefully those guys will, will have some good results. But anyways, um, yeah, I don't even know where, where was that? Where were we even going with that? Well, uh, I was going to say he retired from the same place I'm working from. And I would absolutely love to get a chance to talk. To him. He seems like an awesome dude, man, but the other thing is oh the crane baits yeah it's like because they fish they fish crane baits like crazy which and it's uh actually we were gonna have on the Alabama guy I th- I heard he just Ryan didn't didn't you didn't I I don't know just, I don't know how true it is but yeah I heard, I heard I that know. he had just passed away but I don't I don't know we'll get confirmation on that at some point yeah and that's all crane bait like that classic old school like OG musky bait making stuff man and i wish i would have brought it but one of the reasons why i brought it up was uh my girlfriend's grandpa i believe he was at a yard sale like very it was in paid it was his old house train base old house and uh they were just you know bsing and talking and he's like do you have do you know if anybody would be interested in this that likes fishing and he brings out old molds that train bait used to use to make his lures and i have like two boxes two like pretty much two totes filled with his old stuff that's, that's cool. super really? cool dude that's it, that's awesome 
it's awesome. It's like it's better like old, like the old plywood, not this junk we got now. Like the old good, good stuff. Nails nailed into it and bent over, and then like bondo to seal it up. And you could tell the baits are wrapped in like like electrical tape or something because you can like see like the little marks. It's it's crazy Wait. seeing like the changes back then and how they do it now with molds and stuff like that. It's just Wait, so so you have molds from built from crane baits. Yeah. And when you say molds like I mean, he like injection molds. No, they're the resin, the resin. Molds. Okay. So hmm. his styles that you see in stores and stuff, I have his old like his like first molds of those. Wow, that's yeah. really freaking I don't know cool. If I should say that or not? If I, you know, if people start coming to me for it, but yeah. No, well, that's yeah. really cool. I mean, have you have you made any of them? I will not. I will not shoot anything in there. I'm just leaving them as they is, as they are. See, that's that's one of those hmm. like really cool things that you could put in. I don't know if you can see it behind me. I got that little glass case. Like that's yeah. a that's like a piece of museum history right there, buddy. Like musky history. And one of them, not all of them have like writing and stuff on them, but one of them says "Property of Bill Crane," and I believe it says a year on it too. So that's pretty. That's wow. pretty awesome, dude. That's really cool, man. Uh, I wish Nick was here because Nick is kind of like our our resident bait historian, and he he knows all the history of all this stuff. But dude, that is so cool! I yeah, mean, I would, I, really I would love, love to go to a, a yard sale and find something like that. Yeah, uh, her grandpa sent a message, and he's like, "I got a gift for you. I have a surprise for you." So I came up, and I'm like, "What are the what are the odds that I mean?" He's like a the biggest bait maker from West Virginia. I mean, he's very well established. He has baits everywhere. Like every store you see crane baits. And I have some of his first molds. So I would love to get an opportunity to, you know, reach out and talk to him. But if not, that's a very cool piece of history that I have. Here, here's that a challenge. Awesome. Here's a challenge to our listeners right now. If anybody is friends with Bill Crane, we got to put him in contact with Ethan so we can have this discussion. Yeah. Anybody and, out there? Absolutely. And he retired from the same place that I'm working at now, which is, you know, well, the odds on that too. So. Yeah. Small no world. Yeah, that's super cool. Wow. That is so, really cool. So what else uh what else do we have here? Ethan, did you have anything for us? Anything you wanted to ask or anything you want to talk about in particular? Yeah, sorta. Of. Um have you guys ever thought about taking like the video of this and posting on YouTube? We ha you mean like recording the the Zoom call? Yeah, we've yeah. we've thought about that. Um, I don't know that we. I mean, I guess we had some early discussions about it, but uh, I don't think we've ever really. Well, yeah, I bring I like it's cool to put like a like a face to the you know who's talking because like if when I started out listening, I had no idea like you know who each one of you were that was talking, and it's I mean it's kind of neat seeing everybody's like expressions and. Stuff like that. So. Isn't that kind of isn't that kind of the, the the fun and the mystery of the podcast world? Is that <laughs> hey, you know, you get you got to imagine what these clowns look like. Are they hunks or what? Or are they? Of course, they're not. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Not anyway. <laughs> I had the the bartender tonight told me I was good looking. So oh, I'm sure I'm sure D took that. Oh, she took that. she was the one that brought it up. You ready so to I throw can't... down? 
No, she was like, I, I don't want to get into this right now. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. I We have a bartender. Her name is Phyllis. She's 66 years old, and I love her to death. Oh, I love it. Love yeah, it. but I, I pretty much binge watch you guys whenever I'm making musky. So every time that I'm in the shop working, I'm like 99.9% of listening to you guys. Going back, I have to go clear back to like, you know, two years ago or whatever to find them, but. Well, that's awesome, man. I mean, that's 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 good to hear because I, I mean, honestly, you you really kind of fit our tar- target audience in a lot of ways. Like that, you know, you're a beginner. You know, we we are certainly no experts, bait making, none of it. You know, we're all we're all at different parts of that learning curve, and I think that learning curve is really what is the most fascinating thing about musky fishing. Like, you can catch a fifty inch musky. But that only starts you on this journey. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 and it's all about where you are in in your life, where you are in your career, where you are in your musky fishing, you know, experience. And when you kind of put it all together and you say, okay, here's where I am in my life at the point in my life. Like I don't, I don't need to have a big ranger boat. I don't need to have these things. I'm just getting started. You know, I'm I'm young. I'm 23 years old. I mean, think about where you want to be in 10 years. Like, you know, you 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 might you might own a ranger. You might you might have a ranger. You might have a cottage someplace. You know, it's like you there's the world is is your oyster at this point. And I love seeing young people that are getting into this industry and really enjoying it. And you're making baits by hand, man. You're not like. You're not somebody saying, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have a, a a mold made and and you know just pump baits out." Like you're literally whittling these freaking things, man. So yeah, my, my whole goal for this is just you know get experiences with other people, enjoy the same hobbies, you know, fishing with other you know cool people. I guess every every bit of money that I've made from this has been reinvested in into. You know, uh, different equipment hooks you know i really every everything that i get that i make from this just goes right back and so you'll find that that will continue fun. to happen <laughs> like it is a gigantic money suck well, in a good way it keeps you out of trouble i mean I, I, listen i'm i'm not there are a lot of you know how many marriages break because of drugs and gambling and all these other things and our wives might bitch about us fishing but you know what i like i always say my wife knows where i am you know like fishing is not a bad it's not the worst hobby to have when i say when i say i'm gonna go to nipissing for a week i'm not saying to my wife i'm gonna go to vegas for a week with my buddies uh that's a little different this is amazing because I'll, I'll tell you one more Mark King story. The first Musky Max that Deanna went to me was talking to Mark King, and he said the exact same thing to her. It's like she's like just shaking her head at how much money I'm spending, and he's like, "Could be worse. Could be at yeah. the bar. He's out fishing. There's a right. lot of worse things you could spend your money on. So could be at the bar. Could be at, could be at the titty bar. Could be you know you could, could be driving." Driving to Edinburgh to pick up another Facebook Marketplace lore thing <laughs> again. What did you do? 
drive oh, having Nick Feaser pick up stuff in Edinburgh for me with random strange. Nick's picked up two random pickups from random strangers for me, put his life on the line. If we hear and, about a Facebook marketplace killing over a musky musky lures, uh, we're yeah. looking right at you, Nate, bud. It's probably well, I'm not Nick. I'm done. I'm cut off. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Nick will haunt me. I'll never catch another muskie. All right, real quick. Does anybody have any plans to fish this weekend? Ethan, are you going to get out on the water? I'm going into work on one night. Oof. Yep, no go. We get off work. You going to go in the morning? After 12-hour shift, dude, I am dead. I have an an hour drive there and then an hour drive back. Listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. If Todd Leoparty can do it, you can do it, young man. <laughs> I ha- I've tried like going hunting and stuff like that after working midnights. It's not happening. <laughs> I understand. I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, yeah. I, I'm not like this crazy stay out all night and screw up my my sleep. To old man needs to sleep. Catch a fish. You're damn right. I do. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get D out on Saturday. I think. Yeah. Where are you going? Well, it, it well, without, without without specifying the water. Well, the water listen, shed. listen, man, I'm a lot. Anybody that's talking to me right now knows I'm fishing Lake Arthur. And that's it's mostly because I don't have many options around me unless I want to go to the river. And it dude, honestly, go stay on it. I mean, no one's my place is open. Go stay at the take D up yeah, to we we gotta to be lake. we gotta be home on we gotta be home on Sunday. I got stuff going on Sunday morning. But it's one of those things where if I get five or six hours, like I'm just shooting up to Arthur and, and just kind of tr- you know trolling it out there. But I'm hoping I spent enough time on there the last weekend and made no progress whatsoever. I'm I'm hoping to get you know, get at least one bite so she can get her first muskie in the bag and, you know, we can come home and celebrate and crack a bottle of wine and maybe watch <laughs> a little gold, maybe watch a little go- wow. gold, golden wow. girls. Wow. Wow. No, watch a little golden girls. I'm and not. Her first, I'm, she'll always remember that. You always remember your first, right, Nate? Always. Yeah, that's what I heard. I, I had a first with Brady Martz today and I'm not going to share it with you guys. Uh oh. He knows he's going to listen to this and he's going to know what he offered to me. And I politely turned him down. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What else? What else we got here? I'm not fishing. What are we going to recap here? Oh, go ahead, Nader. (laughs) Uh, No, I I went out with Netboy on Monday and also beat the heck out of Lake Arthur and got chased off by rain. I'm done for a little bit. Unless anybody anybody wants to go fishing, then I'll go fishing. But I'm not on my own accord. You have to drag me out willingly. Let, all right, let, Ethan. Let let us know when you have time to get out on the water, and you want to make you know an hour and a half trip up to Pennsylvania, and then another hour to two hours further north in one of our vehicles, and we will get you out on the water. If you don't like to troll, I'm probably not your best option right now. If you want to go cast, jump in with Owen, jump in with Nate, jump in with Donnie, and we'll get you out on the water, and we'll do our best to put you on some fish. Yeah, I just want to catch a muskie. Whatever way it comes, casting or trolling. All right, then you can jump in with me. I can't promise anything. 
He came up to Pittsburgh for the whole weekend to watch the damn Yankees. He, he can go and spend a whole weekend. He did it. He did it for baseball. He can do we'll, it for muskies. I'm we'll just get saying. You, damn right. We'll, we'll get you a couch to crash on. There we go. If, if as long as you're not allergic to cats. No, nope, not allergic. All right. That's <laughs> that's a plus in my household. <laughs> Well, man, I, I, Ethan, I really appreciate you guys, you hopping on here with us at last moment like this and filling in and, you know, just telling your story. And, you know, again, I think a lot of our podcast is about offering different perspectives, uh, be it super experienced perspectives and inexperienced perspectives, because we, you know, we, we, we run the gamut. And I really have enjoyed hearing your story about how you've started. And dude, I just wish you nothing but the best of luck. And if you, if you need anything moving forward, man, you, you just don't hesitate to reach out to us and we will try to get you on the water, try to get you on fish or get you hooked up. I mean, dude, you don't have to come up here to fish with us to catch fish. I'm sure there are people down there that are listening to this podcast that are probably going to reach out to you and be like, all right, man, you're coming out to fish with me. So hopefully that'll happen. So Hunk's world, Hunk's world, unite. Hunk's verse. (laughs) Hunk's verse, unite. We got to get you up to the uh, lore swap too. Oh yeah. That's another guy. Is that like right before, is that the day before the Muskinax? It's like two weeks. It was usually like a week or two before. Yeah, yeah, just uh, check out Three Rivers, Muskie's Inc., the Facebook page, Instagram page. When the time gets closer there in March, you'll see some stuff going on about, you know, the lore swap. And that's and that's I'm sure really we'll cool. have Joel on, uh, you know, over the winter to talk about, you know, Muskie's Inc. Joel Morrow is our president, uh, our chapter president, and he's quite a hoot. So I'm sure he'll be on and give us all the dates and updates, but we'll. We'll make sure you 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 can make it up there for that. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, that sounds awesome. I'm trying Bring to do some teasers. Um, <laughs> some teasers. I'm trying to do the Elk River Show this year or next year and Muskie Nights. And very good. That's the goal. Cool. Cool. Nice. Well, Ethan, thank you very much for joining us here tonight, man. I, I can't can't thank you enough, dude. And I wish you the I, best I really of luck, it. brother. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, man. Awesome. Thanks, Ethan. Hey, next, if you guys have me on again, I hope to catch a muskie before then. Well, we hopefully we will have a part in that. Like, hopefully you'll be with one of us and we, we'll we get you out there and we can get you on one. And please, yeah. anybody listening, don't hold it against me that I haven't caught my, a muskie on my own stuff. I, there's been plenty of them landed on other, you know, on other people, with other people fishing for them, but, you know. Absolutely, dude. There's, there's no. They're catching muskies, man. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what's important is that they're catching muskies. Dude, half these guys that are making baits don't even have time to fish anyway. Exactly. No, it's very true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's all good. This is, I, I really appreciated this one because you know we got a chance to talk to you, just kind of getting started into all of this and. Listen, like anybody you talk to in the musky world, like you got to start somewhere. Like we all had to start somewhere. You don't think Bill Crane had to start somewhere? Like these guys that have been in this industry for 20, 30, 40 years, they had to start somewhere. And I can tell you there was a time that they didn't catch, they didn't have a single musky under their belt. So 
wear that, you know, wear that with, uh, keep that chip on your shoulder, so to speak, right. Get out there and you got to put the time in. And I promise you when you get that first fish in the bag, hopefully it's on your bait. Like you're going to be, it's going to be one of the best feelings you're, you're ever going to have like in the fishing world and in, in your fishing career. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and real quick too, if someone wants to get one of your baits, what's the best way to, to get a hold of you or get one? Uh, Instagram at Bigfoot underscore baits, or I also have a Facebook group and it's the same, but mainly all my stuff. I post really frequently to Instagram and I have a TikTok, but we don't have to plug that. You have a TikTok? Yeah, I have a TikTok. What is you this? Dance with your baits? Huh? You just Are you do dancing? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I just post videos of, like the slow action stuff and how I make them. And stuff. See, that's important to plug, dude. People want to see that oh. stuff. That, I told you we guys. We gotta get the TikTok. Sebastian has a TikTok uh, with like forty thousand followers now. That's awesome. <laughs> What is he one doing? Video does have 1.4 million views. He, um, he does Woo! like, so he he makes these videos with plushies, like you know, stuffed animals from all these video games, and he like edits them and all these. Dude, you should see like some of these. His edits are crazy. We gotta t- hold and, on a second. What is this? What, what oh, is yeah, this one TikTok? The, one, you don't um, have a TikTok. No, the I don't real, do it. Listen, no, I got, I I got God, barely enough time for Facebook and Instagram. Okay. I'm not doing a TikTok, but I will go on TikTok. So much of your time away, <laughs> I don't have time for it, but I will I'll send it. I'll send out. it to you guys. Right, we probably don't have the time to go over it now, but I, I will send it to you. In fact, I'll, I'll send it to you here this evening. All right. You but send that one. Yeah. Ethan, what's your TikTok? Plug that bad boy. It is Ethan underscore has a underscore great house. All right. That's All right. It. All right. Bigfoot Bates. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me on. This is this is awesome. Something that I listen to all the time while I'm working on Bates. And to be honest, really special. So thank you. Well, it's been it's been awesome, man. And and you got a bunch of fans here and we're we're rooting for you, brother. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, boys. All right, boys. Good talking to Peace. you guys. Thanks, Peace. Ethan. Bro. See you guys. I had to shake them on my last case. Big O don't play. Big o don't play.